Going Linux, episode 336, 2017 Year-End Review. Welcome to the Going Linux podcast. I'm your host, Larry Bushy. And I'm your co-host, Bill. Whether you're new to Linux, upgrading from Windows to Linux, or just thinking about moving to Linux, this podcast will provide you with valuable information and advice that will help you in going Linux. We hope that you find this and all our episodes helpful in learning about Linux and open source applications and using them to get things done. In today's episode, 2017 Year End Review. Hello, Larry. Hey, Bill. How are things going? Good, good. It's almost the end of the year. It is. It is, uh, what, it's before Christmas as we're recording this, December 17th. So as we review the end of the year, if anything significant happens between now and the actual end of the year, we're going to miss it. And for I this didn't episode do it, so least. it doesn't matter. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I didn't blow it up or anything but, like that, so if anything major no. happens. But anyway... Uh, I hope your week was good. I was busy. Yeah, it sounds like it from from our chat before the recording. But yeah, that um, wasn't a chat; that was a rant. Ah, <laughs> uh, okay, all right, well, fair <laughs> enough. <laughs> no, no, no. Well, I hear that you had a, lot, a little, probably more fun than I did. I hear you got your 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 Christmas tree up. So, hey, good for yes. you. Good for, for me. Having you yeah. <laughs> I'm going to pull one out of the box with all the lights on and just stick it on the desk and say, done. Yep. Yeah. Well, at least I didn't end up in the mall like you did, which is oh, yeah. Thanks. why the they, ranch, had to right? Me that. <laughs> yeah, I know. Yeah, I'm yeah. sorry. Yeah. yeah. Anyway, uh, I thought we'd cover some highlights of uh, what went on uh, in Linux and technology for the – for the, our show here, and uh, we, you know what we've done, and uh, what we might have planned, and just generally just talk about stuff. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that sounds good. And as always, we're not going to cover absolutely everything that happened. That would take a year to cover. So let's just uh, hit the highlights and some of the highlights at least, yeah. and uh, some of the things that were important to us, like you moving. Yes, yeah, I moved. <laughs> Uh, yeah. Hopefully for the last time. I'm in New Mexico now, so I like it and everything's great. Um, Good. But you know, yeah, uh, you know, we have some decent highlights of, of this past year, and some of them are good, and some of them are not so good. But let's start yeah. with one of the better ones. Larry, you wrote two books. Tell us about them. Uh, yeah, so the first book was uh, Ubuntu Mate Upgrading from Windows and OS X. And that was really meant to be an introduction for people, as the title suggests, switching from other operating systems to Ubuntu Mate. Kind of a, a broad brush overview to get people familiar with what Ubuntu Mate and Linux in general are. And some of the things that are important to know as you're switching. And then the second book is a little more in-depth. It's using Ubuntu Mate and its applications. And it was designed for, uh, as kind of a reference, if you will, um, it's been a long time since computers and software came with a complete printed manual. You remember the manuals with the, the three-ring binder and... And, you know, it covered all of the buttons and detailed what the buttons did. And and then it went into, you know, here's how you use uh, the word processor. And here's how you use a spreadsheet. And here's how you use the file manager. And it went through all that kind of stuff. Well, I thought I would not duplicate that kind of experience because that is way overkill. Yeah. But I wanted to give something a little more in-depth than just highlights. And so in this book, it talks about uh, how to use Ubuntu Mate, how to get started, some of the applications that come with Mate, the desktop, some that are provided by the Ubuntu Mate team, and then some of the basic applications, things like Firefox and Thunderbird and those kinds of things that come with, with um, Ubuntu Mate. So that if somebody's brand new to a computer, 
they have something to go by. And for those people who have been using computers and in particular Linux for a while, it's kind of a reference and gives you an idea of some of the special things that make Ubuntu Mate Ubuntu Mate. Like, you know, how to use file manager, how to find files, that kind of stuff. Yeah, some of the specific features, like the um, Ubuntu Mate welcome screen that they developed from yeah. scratch. Now, you did some work with, uh, you helped with uh, some other documentation, didn't you? Yeah, in parallel with writing the book, which worked out quite nicely because um, some of the same material <laughs> you need <laughs> for uh, for the documentation and the book are the same. So, uh, yeah, it was uh, it was a lot of fun, and I wrote the uh, Ubuntu Mate guide that you'll find in Ubuntu Mate version seventeen point ten and beyond. And I'm actually in the process of updating that for 18.04, the long-term support release. So really? hopefully we'll have that done in time. Yeah, and it'll go into a lot more depth and give you a lot more of the features in the onboard guide right there in Ubuntu Mate. Well, I, I do want to uh, say that I was uh, very impressed with the book. I actually bought the first one, and then I got uh, a, a PDF of the of the other uh, book that you wrote, and both of them are, mm -hmm. are very well done. Uh, the one thing that I uh, found interesting is that you kind of uh, kept to your policy of open source. You released them where you could buy the book, but you also, they can download it for free and print it out. Yeah. <laughs> for free. You download it for free, print it out, you can... You know, put it on uh, Kindle, whatever you need to. <laughs> you really didn't do it to make lots of money, of course. Uh, I'm still right. expecting my royalty check of 50 cents, so, you know. <laughs> hey, that's more than I make. <laughs> oh, okay. I'll take <laughs> half of that. No, but, you know, I, I thought it was really cool that you took the time to write it, but you also um, said, hey, you know, you don't have to buy it. If you want to buy it that's great you know if you want a paperback etc or don't buy a kindle didn't you say that kindle had like there's one price that you have to the least amount you could do was what a, a dollar or something like that yeah i think they they force you into selling your books between 2.99 and 9.99 as the lowest price oh, okay. and if you sell it for 2.99 your costs end up being more than anything that they would owe you. So that doesn't make sense. So I priced the first book at $9.99 and I printed it. I had it so that when you order it printed, you get it as a soft cover book and it's got, uh, it's, it's black and white on the inside, just, just plain black text on a, eh, you know, off white background. So it's readable, but all of the, all of the screenshots and so on are in black and white. The second one, I color. went whole hog on that one. Yeah, I color screenshots and, you know, it's not a hardback or anything like that. It's not big enough to be a hardback, but it's a softback book, but it's it's much it's much nicer. Yeah. Uh, and as a result, the printed copy is much more expensive because it costs a lot to print it and ship it. So I had to bring the price up in order to compensate for that. Uh, so the printed version is more expensive. The electronic version, so the Kindle version and the PDF version that you can get, they are less expensive. And of course, you can get them on Amazon. You can get them on Smashwords if that's your uh, choice for buying electronic books. And yeah. all kinds of different formats, ebook formats there. You can get them from bookstores as well, like, you know, the Kindle store and some of the other, uh, like Barnes & Noble and those kinds of things. Cool. But they are good books. I enjoyed them. So anyway. Oh, good. Thanks. And uh, your, your, your commission for that uh, advertisement will be in the mail. Oh, okay. So I, I can expect the <laughs> one cent uh check with <laughs> but it costs 10 cents to write for the check so in other words yeah i'm not getting a squat 
yeah, we're losing money on the whole deal. <laughs> okay. <laughs> but yeah, so the licensing on this thing um, is uh, Creative Commons. Yeah. And you can copy it. You can give it away. You can do whatever you like with it, essentially. Just uh, credit, you know, the author. That would be me. Uh, and I think you're, uh, you're, you're in good shape there. And I've actually even provided a, a free pre PDF copy to someone who is doing a similar sort of project uh, for a, a website, creating a, an cool. Ubuntu Mate um, uh, website that is a user guide uh, well, that you can use. That's, that's nice. Anyway, now that we've done the shameless plug, let's talk about something yeah. that will affect everybody. And what's that, Larry? Uh, yeah, it's um, the fact that, well, it'll affect everybody in the U.S. Yes. It's not going to affect, at least initially, that may spill over into other countries. And that's the whole change to net neutrality. So it's uh, it's a big deal here. And the, under the previous president's administration, um, a law was passed that essentially prevented any internet service provider or any provider of those kinds of services uh, from throttling based on content. So your VoIP connection would be required to be delivered at exactly the same speed as Netflix or the content provided by your uh, internet service provider or anything. So they couldn't prefer Netflix over Hulu or any of those kinds of things. Well, uh, very recently, the uh, U.S. government under the new administration rolled that back, and as a result, uh, things are going to change, uh, at least potentially. So, do you have an opinion on this? Yeah, I think it's the worst thing that I've, well, it's one of the worst policies I've ever seen. I don't know what they were thinking. Net neutrality was the worst policy? No, no. Or changing it? Changing net neutrality okay. was the worst thing. I well, was one of the worst policies I've seen. I, mean, I don't want to get political or anything, but I've looked at it, and I'm sitting there going, why are you even messing with this? This is this is actually a good thing because say we have uh, – I'll even use generic so that no one can say I'm picking on anybody. You have internet company number one, internet company number two. Well, internet company one – a media company that you know streams you know they can make a deal where their stuff gets uh, higher speeds and preferred treatment and you know the media company number two uh can be slowed down or even blocked or and, and i'm just thinking you know net neutrality gave everybody a, a level playing field i mean i thought it would it would help the smaller you know uh startups you know like uh well good good example uh you've got skype and discord you know we use both of them what happens when you know skype says uh, we'll pay for better performance and you know discord doesn't get that type of thing or you know it's just you know they, they can they can just say hey we uh there my internet service provider said we don't like this we've made deals with other people so these sites run really well, and these sites don't. You know, and I just right. don't—I don't understand it. And I—I I, I don't know who was thinking this was a great idea, but I heard there's going to be some legal battles, and I think messing with net neutrality is a bad idea. You know, they—they've argued that it sh uh, the uh, internet access shouldn't be considered a uh, a utility. The internet is just everywhere we use it for everything yeah i don't know i mean i'm just i'm just sitting there going what were they thinking and the only thing i can think of is follow the money i guess there's going to be some lawsuits and some challenges hopefully they'll say you've lost your mind you're going you can't change it and i'm hoping that that happens but we shall see but uh this is something everybody should pay attention to especially live in the united states because it does affect yep. you yes it does and just to play devil's advocate for a moment sure. um, the the other side of the argument is on the part of the internet service providers they're saying well you know you're you're providing way too much government regulation and 
you know, to be honest, the current administration has been removing a lot of government red tape and administration for businesses. And so the internet service providers are saying, well, why are you doing that? And you're not, you know, you're not deregulating us so that we can let the market, comp the competitive market control what happens with the internet and the prices that we charge. And it's just better without regulations. And this will help promote additional competition. And this will help the little guy. And it will help, you know, uh, all, all of those kinds of arguments. And, you know, the, the thing that is being missed in that argument, and probably intentionally, is the fact that here in the United States, there is no competition. Uh, even though there are multiple internet service providers, in most places in the United States, you have a choice of exactly one. Uh, and yes, okay, so maybe your choice is a cable provider who provides you with a decent amount of speed. And maybe there are other choices like satellite uh, internet or tethering your mobile phone or things like that. But satellite and mobile phone, they're barely on the edge of what might be considered high-speed internet. I, I hear what you're saying, and I disagree, because as we both know, I, and I know you probably, uh, you were just playing, like I said, devil, devil's advocate. Yeah. Uh, we need certain regulations in my book. I mean, I'm not saying we should have so many that are just draconian, but I don't see how it's a bad thing to say, look, everybody gets a level playing field as well as, as levels we can make it and have at it. It just seems like it's a bad idea because, you know, not the little guys sometimes don't have as much money as the big guys. And, you know, they have to, and if you're going to make it harder for them to actually compete, yeah, I think innovation will slow, but, you yeah. know, I'm not, uh, I guess I'm, I might not be seeing the big picture, but as far as I can tell, and I've been following the story and reading it, it just doesn't seem like a good thing. So, Anyway. Yeah, and when you only have a choice of one, or even here in the metropolitan Los Angeles area, I only have a choice of two. I mean, it's AT&T and, uh, and Time Warner, now Spectrum. And AT&T, uh, their starting speed is like uh, dial-up modem speed, and mm. then you pay through the nose for anything faster, and they can't get anywhere near as, as fast as what uh, the cable company can. And even the cable company, uh, they start you at 100 megabits and they offer a plan that goes to 300, but that's as fast as they offer. And it never reaches 300 here uh, where I live. Uh, and, you know, maybe it'll reach 250, 270 at the maximum I've ever seen. Uh, but you end up paying for the 300 anyway, even though they can't deliver it. And... That's the only choice I have, unless I want to tether my cell phone, which, of course, is through AT&T. And as a, as a result, you have to pay more to enable tethering on AT&T. So <laughs> it's it's and and these companies are saying, oh, we won't block anyone's content. Uh, you know, it, it, you know, it's 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 competitive, you know, with all the competitive pressures, we can't afford to block anyone's content. Well, all you have to do is look at the mobile phone companies, and uh, they don't—they don't slow or throttle anyone. But some of them will do things like say, "Well, you can stream as much as you want to this data cap, but if you use our streaming service or our apps on your phone, they won't count towards your yeah. data caps." And so they're not throttling anybody, but they are providing preferred treatment yes. to their own services yeah i just will say at least you have two i have uh because i live in the middle of nowhere i have a i have two providers that i could go with one was satellite and it was so costly i said you must be on drugs and the other mm -hmm. one is i i don't get anywhere near the speed uh and it uses a uh, dish and it goes back and forth to a tower but, you know, I, I'm nowhere near 100. So 
So, yeah, more competition would be nice, but anyway, we've beat this, so let's move on to a happier topic. (laughs) Okay, fair enough. We started the Minion Network in 2017, and I think it's going to be a great thing. I named it because that's my thing, Um, but uh, it was actually a listener who come up with the idea and I wanted to give him credit, but I could. I looked through, I couldn't find his name, but uh, you know who you are. And so we kind of took it and said, "Hey, that's a great idea. Let our listeners, who are smart and intelligent, uh, you know, if they want to contribute to the show or or maybe go into more depth than we can, that it would be a good thing uh, because sometimes, you know, well, we've never said that we knew everything, but we try to do a nice general." Uh, overview of everything and if we happen to know about uh, a subject we'll we'll talk about it and most likely get things wrong and we've been called out a few times <clears throat> when we'll, actually i get called out more than you anyway so uh i'm really excited we're gonna see a lot more i think of uh of our listeners input uh i don't know if you've received any uh uh, recordings or input yet, uh, Larry. So, what's what's your take on the the new Minion Network? The Minion 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 Network Network. Yeah, yeah, yeah yes, yes. I forgot <laughs> that, the that echo. One, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> forgot the echo. Yeah, it was Adrian who uh, suggested it, and uh, thanks for the naming, <laughs> Bill, because that yes. really sticks with you, doesn't it? Uh, yeah. So I haven't received anything in the way of recording yet, but hey, it's holiday season. People are busy, so I'm not expecting anything. But we've got uh, uh, something written, uh, and nice. we have some input uh, from some of the folks so it's starting to ramp up and i expect as we go into 2018 we'll have some contributions from the minion 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 network 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 okay you know larry i lose the echo okay <laughs> fair enough uh, fair enough <laughs> no i'm really excited <laughs> about this uh I, I know we've we've talked about in the past of having more interactive uh with our listeners and stuff and i'm really excited to see what they come up with so i i'm i know it's not super newsworthy but in my book it's i think it's one of the best things we've ever done as far as uh this and i cannot wait to see how awesome our listeners are yeah they're 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 going to provide better content than we are (laughs) i can see it now (laughs) hey listen here no one do better than well that, that never mind i was gonna say no one do better than me but that, that's that's all i do is record and it's better than i can do so no seriously hey if we do this if, if we do this right we'll just introduce the show and then uh you know uh, play all the contributions from the minion network and then wrap up the show and that's, <laughs> it, it'll be <laughs> user generated oh. you know crowdsourced podcasting yeah if i was not uh <laughs> Uh, worthless now. I will really be worthless once they, we get all these people in here. Man, I'm gonna be moved into the corner. But yes, I'm really excited about that. I cannot wait to see what we uh, uh, what what they come up with. So, guys, I'm looking forward to it. All right, yep. Larry. So our next topic is around Linux taking over the world, right? Yes. Uh, it is running on. All 500 of the 500 top supercomputers now, as of this year. Actually, I knew this because I actually found that. (laughs) Yeah. But I was impressed because all all top 500 supercomputers are run Linux now, according to the article. Mm -hmm. And uh, it was um, the Google. I had to give it where I found it. But it was one of the top news stories in tech that uh, it's it doesn't you know, not BSD, not Unix, you know, it's Linux. So I just find that yes, it, we might not have gotten the same desktop dominance as uh, Windows, uh, but we run the backbone now. <laughs> we you know if you want that, we want to what your weather's doing, or you want to shoot something to the moon, Linux can help you do it. Yeah, and you know it's uh, that that one Windows computer that was running that one supercomputer somewhere in somebody's basement. It finally crashed, and they decided they were going to re- replace <laughs> it. Get service packs anymore. <laughs> that was it. They replaced it with Red Hat and moved on. 
Uh, I'm sorry, your license has expired. No more security updates, and uh, we don't give any more service packs, so you probably want to change. Okay. <clears throat> yeah. So we've we've talked about things starting up, things changing. Here's something that's shutting down. Uh-oh. L- Linux Journal. Oh. We're going to say goodbye to Linux Journal. It's been around since 1994, I think it is, and it's finally shuttering their doors. And their electronic doors, at least. They shuttered the print operations several years ago, and now they're just... I'm guessing they're out of money or out of advertisers or out of subscribers. Or, no, they're not out of subscribers. We live, you know, we subscribe. But uh, I, I'm guessing the money isn't there to pay everybody. Yeah, well, um, I canceled my subscription. I actually had a subscription for about two years. Yeah. And uh, for a while, it seemed to be. There was a good amount of articles that were actually, you know, for just regular users. But I think where they made the mistake is uh, toward the end, it just didn't really click with me anymore because it it was mostly just about businesses and stuff like that. And so I said, you know, I can't – I'm not getting anything out of it. I hate to see – I like Linux Journal. I mean it was when I first, you know – started looking into Linux, I was buying it before I got a subscription pretty much any, you know, from, uh, you know, you, you like Barnes Noble or whatever it was, you know, it was like Windows, 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 Mac, Mac, Mac. And then I suddenly said, there's, Hey, there's a Linux magazine. Cool. And so <laughs> I hate to see him go, but I read the article and, you know, that apparently they did run out of money and there's, uh, but one of the things is they saying they just can't compete anymore with, um, and it was kind of a, uh, I would say kind of a passive aggressive. There's like you know, people are getting a lot of their stuff online now, and they'd much rather be have cookies tracking them and popping ads at them, and they just they just couldn't you know their model I guess just they just didn't want to do it, and they just said you know we. We can't keep going like this, and they shut down. And I feel sorry for them because, you know, I think they were a pretty good voice for Linux. And anybody's ever read their magazine uh, before they shuttered to print, you know, they realized it. You know, a lot of love went into that. So I'm really sorry to see them go. But yeah, me too. There are other Linux magazines out there, at least for the time yeah. being, like Linux Magazine and Linux Pro. Same thing. Yeah, I, I I did see a Linux Pro. Uh, when was it? A couple months ago, I was actually mm-hmm. looking in the bookstores. Uh, and uh, yes, I actually go to bookstores once in a while. And uh, yeah, I saw there was a Linux Pro. But you remember, wasn't Linux Journal the one that used to have the uh, the the discs in them that you could try different distributions? Yeah, I think a lot of them did. Yeah. Yeah. So that was that they they did. They did really help bring a lot of people to Linux, I would say. But, uh, you know, times changed, and I guess they uh, uh, had to also. So, guys, thank you for all your hard work. Uh, we will miss you. We hope that maybe you'll come back in a digital form or something like that. But uh, thanks for all the fish. So um, Yeah, well, speaking of things shutting down, one other thing shut down that isn't in our list here, Bill, but I'm going to add it here because it kind of fits. Um, America Online Instant Messaging Service is now defunct. Well, it's about is time. It, uh, <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. Uh, an, another great provider of free CDs in the mail. Uh, <laughs> AOL has decided uh, America Online Instant Messenger, AIM, uh, is is gone. So uh, bye bye. Hey, all I can <laughs> say every time I hear AOL is you've got mail. <laughs> oh right, exactly. Yes, so, it's amazing how many people are still using that service. Really? Yeah, apparently there are quite a few. Okay, guys, never mind. If you're still using <laughs> AOL, more power to you. You're probably but... not. You're probably not listening to this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> no. And but... if you are. You might want to consider switching. Yeah. 
hey, I hear Discord and maybe even Skype is better than you've got mail AOL. But hey, I, I always, I, I always, you remember when they used to run the, the TV commercials? <laughs> mm-hmm. Wow. AOL makes your internet experience so much better. Uh, okay. Okay. Thanks. So uh, that's actually a happy story. <laughs> I'm being bad today. I, I'm really sad about Link's journal, but uh, you know you're depressing me. If you give me one more thing about uh, um, some something bad in Linux, I think I'm just going to get sad. Yeah, well, um, uh, I I do have one other piece of bad news. Wait, unfortunately, wait that you're not supposed to give me more bad news. This is supposed to be a happy show. We you're, can, you're, you're we, we, we can do a happy story in between if you want, but this okay. one's pretty important. Okay, what's this one about? You, you've, you may have seen news reports that the city of Munich in Germany is going back to Windows after 10 years of using Linux or attempting to use Linux. Why? Well, uh, there, according to the reports, there are a lot of reasons why. First of all, it was costing them a lot of money to maintain the, the Linux backbone they had. And um, you, you might think that a free operating system wouldn't be expensive to maintain. But here's why it was so expensive. Remember, this is a government. <laughs> uh, okay, no right? so, so, So first of all, rather than use the off-the-shelf version of Linux and all of its applications that were available to it uh-huh. 10 years ago, and keeping up with all of the upgrades just by maintaining the security updates and so on, they decided that in order to make it easier for people to switch from Windows to Linux, they would invent their own version of Linux and wrote many of the applications, custom applications and so on. And then after doing that, they found that it's a lot of work to maintain a distribution and to maintain all of these applications. So it ended up costing them a bunch of money. So 10 years later, they said, this is costing us too much. We'll just go back to Windows. And I bet they didn't write their own custom version of Windows. Oh, okay. First off, Larry, um, I, I read about the story and I, I was going, and one of the things they said, they had problems with devices and stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, so apparently they had them working, but, you know, I guess, you know, a government is not exactly, uh, uh, the best person to write their own Linux distro. I've got a, Hey guys, Munich, I got an idea. Contact the Mate group. You know, they, they could probably have helped you out and made it really simple. But, uh, oh, man. Yeah, I, I think they're probably back in the, the Windows world and have all those Microsoft licenses okay. again. I'm going to call. They're s- locked in now for another 10 years. Yes, and hey, make sure that you pay your licensing fees. <sighs> yeah. But, but you know, even if they uh, went back to Windows, they still had to somebody to maintain it. And I don't know about you. Uh, I would not want to have to maintain all those Windows computers with all the new, you know, Windows 10 or whatever, because I don't like Windows 10 to begin with, and it's got a bunch of stuff, and things pop up, and, you know, I keep it because I need it for work uh, occasionally, and it it pains me when I have to use it. But uh, I think it was, I think somebody, uh, someone got sold a uh, bill of goods there, but guys, at least, uh, uh, you know what you had. Good luck with Windows, and uh, oh man, I, I I don't understand how they can say it was hard to use. I mean, the uh, you've got if they didn't like the desktop, then why even reinvent it? You have Mate, you have a you had Unity at that time, which you know uh, we'll talk about that in a minute or two. But uh, the, how about Cinnamon? I mean, that's that's real. Uh, I mean. Windows isk, so I don't know. I, I don't right. think it. I don't. I think it's just an excuse. But you know, hey, do what you want. But I think you're going to be sorry in the long run. But maybe I'm wrong. I don't know. I could be. Yeah, I, you know, Windows 10. I've played around with it a bit, and it's a lot 
better than yeah, Windows horrible. 8 for sure. Yeah, it, it's it's not. I don't know. It's it's not bad. I guess uh, having used Linux, I don't see the attraction. But having grown up using Windows a long time ago, it's uh, it's a natural progression, I guess. And it's not a bad alternative if you want to stick in the Windows world. But b bottom line is, Munich has really screwed this up from the beginning. Uh, you you don't write your own Linux distribution if you want to switch to Linux. You take advantage of the fact that it's open source and crowdsourced and, you know, uh, free and, in, in, you know, as in freedom. And you take advantage of all of that and you leverage it. And they didn't do any of that, quite frankly, uh, other than taking advantage of the fact that they could write their own. Good luck, guys. Have fun. Uh, I still say that uh, you really uh, messed that one up. But anyway, let's talk on something. On to happier news. Yeah. Yes, please. Uh, I don't think I could take any more bad news stories right now. So, uh, not really. I haven't used these. Um, but, you know, it seems like these container programs for Linux seem to be the new hot thing. And I don't know if it's a good thing or a bad thing. Uh, I've I've heard some people say it uses more space. Other people saying that it's the greatest thing since sliced bread. What's your input on that? Well, I haven't used them, and I don't know a lot about them. So let's move on. No, <laughs> no, I haven't. Uh, I haven't had a lot of experience either. Um, I could make some comments that are completely uninformed, but I'd rather not. So we probably need to do a show on that. And hey, just Min to learn about them, if yeah. nothing else. Right? Minion Network, we need some help on uh, the new containers uh, technology. Yeah, let's so. talk about Docker containers and all these other containers. And yeah, so. how does that relate to virtualization and all that sort of stuff? So. Yeah, that would be awesome. So we'll have to look into that. But it seems like I've heard a lot about that uh, recently. And speaking of hearing of a lot about stuff, I've heard in just in the news that a lot more about Linux malware. And some of it was, I, I hate this, this term fake news because you actually had to have access to the computer and you had to have you know password and et cetera, et cetera. But it does seem like I heard a lot more this year about just Linux vulnerabilities and malware. Is it just because it's becoming more used in corporations, Larry, or do you just think that it's just, um, they didn't have anything else to write? <laughs> <laughs> no, honestly, I think that some of the hype about Linux malware is valid. Um, I think there are still some vulnerabilities in Linux as there is in any software, quite frankly. Uh, and so we need to be vigilant about that. But I think the reason that we've been hearing more about it is because, the press the, has finally realized that infections on computers affect people, and so they're reporting on it more. Uh, and as a result, we hear more about all kinds of malware and infections. And I think possibly the uh, rate at which scams and phishing schemes and all of those things occur is increasing and so there are more and more infections and people are losing money as a result of falling prey to these things. And ransomware in particular is really insidious. So I think that the fact that it's costing people money and some of the press themselves have fallen prey to, to <laughs> this, they're beginning to report on it more. So more visibility you hear more about it. Okay. Well, just... That's my opinion. I think that's a pretty sound one. So, guys, make sure that you keep your uh, systems up to date, and uh, I think we'll be good. Yeah, don't click on stuff from strangers and, you know, all the stuff your grandmother hey, told hey, you. Uh, Larry, I, I need uh, to have uh, uh, access to your computer and your bank account's routing numbers, please. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I got a phone call about that the other day, and uh, some, somebody's already done that, so Oh, good. okay, great. So, <laughs> moving right along, I'm never getting my voice check now. <clears throat> so, I like to watch DistroWatch, and I know, Larry, I said, you know, I wonder what the, over the past 12 months, what the top 10 uh, distributions were. 
Yeah. So um, somebody, I think it might have been you, Bill, uh, put a nice little list together of. Uh, you did that. Of, you did that. Uh, oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. I did it. Um, <laughs> so, DistroWatch rankings over the past 12 months. Uh, let's start with the number 10. We'll do a David Letterman for those who remember. Uh, top 10 uh, okay. <laughs> distributions. So, the number 10 is Elementary. Okay, I can see that one. Yeah, that's a pretty good one. Uh, number nine is Zorin. That one surprises me a little bit. Yeah, uh, not one I'm familiar with. Uh, well, I've heard of it, of course, but uh, never used it. Now I- I've looked at it, but that, that it's. I think you actually have to pay for that one. I think, but um. Uh, is that the one you have to pay for? Yeah, I think it is. Yeah. Yeah. Could be. Uh, Solace is number eight. That's that's a good one. Yeah, that, that's good. Uh, number seven is Fedora. Now, I think Fedora's fallen uh, a little bit seven, but hey, they're still in the top ten. But okay, Fedora, we've we've had I've had a love hate relationship with Fedora, so it, right now it's uh, I can see seven. Okay. Yeah, yeah, I've had Fedora installed once, <laughs> um, and yeah, it's it's a. Uh, pretty good distribution generally it's had its troubles up and down with uh, a number of features and number of stability issues and things like that so you know maybe that's the cause of its drop from the highest rankings but uh, i don't know since i don't use it i'm not familiar with it all that much number six is OpenSUSE, another good solid distribution that's used in enterprise okay uh, as well as on the desktop Uh, but their focus is mainly on uh, well, SUSE Linux in general is focused on supporting the enterprise, and OpenSUSE is their community-based, uh, generally speaking, their community-based version. Okay. Uh, number five is Entergos. Now that one uh, at five, because that's not a that's um, that's based on Arch, isn't it? I believe it is. And wow. It, it's kind of one of those boutique versions of Linux or it's, it's not used widely. I didn't think uh-huh. being number five. I think you're right. Number four, Ubuntu. Huh? Now that one's down. Yeah, it's down, but still in the top five. Yes. Yes. Okay. Number three, surprise to me, Manjaro. Yeah. 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 I was like blown away that Manjaro is number three. That's just, I'm like, what? It's above Ubuntu over the past 12 yeah. months. I'm like, now this is DistroWatch, so, you know. But I'm just sitting there going, holy moly. That's, I mean, it's good to see some other distros that we <laughs> in, but that one surprised me. Yeah. Number two is Debian. Well, that doesn't surprise me because Debian's the, I would say, the, uh, the, the grand high old poobah that everybody's based on, except for Manjaro and Integros. I mean, you've cut, and mm-hmm. Fedora, of course. And yeah, and a lot of a lot of people trying out those Raspberry Pi computers are using Debian as well. So they yeah. have one for Raspberry Pi now too. Yeah, yeah. Darn people! When do you guys sleep? It seems like they have it on for everything. <laughs> and number one. Oh, let no, me guess. No surprise. Go ahead, guess. Linux Mint. Yes. Okay. Yeah. It's, it's got to be the one that is uh, easy to use and familiar kind of layout and format and desktop environment to people switching from Windows. So no surprise that it's number one. It gets a lot of press as well, I think. Um, and uh, it's it's a good distribution in terms of the way it's put together and a lot of good tools that they've developed and make it work. Yeah, well... Uh, I won't use Linux Mint anymore. I used to support the project, but there was a thing a few years back that um, made some statements, uh, and I just decided that I didn't want to help them. The uh, Now, our one that we recommend, uh, I use it, and I like it a lot, is, uh, I won't give it an honorable mention because I can, is Ubuntu Mate. Mm-hmm. Do you know where it ended up in the list? I, don't. I think it was 24. 24. Uh, let me okay. check why why I So we're back in the underdog. But then again, remember this is DistroWatch and these are rankings of these distributions based on the number of clicks on their website, which means they're really measuring 
how much interest there is in looking yeah. at these. Not that people are using them or really have switched to it, but rather, I want to find out a little bit more about this. Let's go to DistroWatch and read up on it. Yeah, uh, and I'm looking right now, and let me sort this. That's the past six months. Let me do the uh, last 12 months. And Ubuntu, oh, okay, Ubuntu Mate is 26, and um, I like it a lot. Um, and uh, between Ubuntu Mate and, of course, uh, PC Linux OS is one of my ones I like to play with. Uh, you know, they're not, they might not be in the top 10, but it doesn't, that doesn't really matter. If they work for you, great. I mean, if you think Arch, according to DistroWatch, is only uh, four, the 14th over the year. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, you know, Arch powers is is growing in popularity. I mean, remember, Arch used to be way down there, and I, now they're sitting at 14. So it's just, I think it's just uh, kind of what you uh, like. And, and, you know, don't go by what we say i just wanted to say hey some of these surprised me i'm glad to see some different uh fellas up in that list so anyway uh use what you like try out uh you know these are not the only ones um and uh i'll give you my two that i like a lot is uh, buntamate and pc linux os and how about you give me your two that you you like so we can kind of maybe balance out the list a little bit of our personal ones yeah i think uh we agree on the number one, Ubuntu Mate, and I think the second best for new users is Linux Mint. I really do. Yeah. Uh, whether it's Cinnamon version or the Mate version, doesn't matter. Uh, it, just looking at them on the surface, uh, you wouldn't be able to tell the difference. No. It's not until you begin using it and take a look at the fact that they're using different file managers and things like that that you see that there is a difference, but they look identical, they behave identically, and and uh, all uh, all around, very good. Um, yeah, and... Linux Mint does have cool names for their stuff. I think one of them I enjoyed is Muffin <laughs> for their file yeah. manager, wasn't it? <laughs> uh, I don't think Muffin was the file manager. I think it was something else, but yeah, they were... Uh, they, they've got a lot of cool names. Yeah, so I'll give them that, but, you know... Other than that, this list is not exhaustive, and uh, I encourage you to also look at all of them and go to websites and, and see which one might work. I mean... Yeah, it's all about personal preference and find the one that works for you. Yeah, I mean, remember for a while, I was the biggest Crunch Bang fanboy around. I loved it. It was very minimalist, and and uh, poor Larry had to... Uh, see all the pictures and stuff of when i themed it and oh look at this isn't this cool and larry's like yeah are you doing anything except theming this thing or are you actually doing work <laughs> so but there's one called brunson labs it's supposed to be um it's continuation so i'm hoping to look at that soon but uh generally you can if whatever you like you can generally find it so <laughs> enough but uh and larry i hear that you snuck in one other little news story that uh, you know that I have strong feelings about. And what would that be? Uh, Ubuntu dropping Unity and moving back to GNOME. <laughs> oh, yes, I heard that. After all that stuff. You, remember, I had a love-hate relationship with Unity. Mm-hmm. I, I hated it, and then they improved it. And I had the interview with Jono. And it was going well, and now they drop it. Really? Why couldn't they just stay with GNOME and be done with it? <laughs> yeah, well, if they'd stayed with GNOME, we wouldn't have had Mate because they went from GNOME 2 on, Ub- on Ubuntu to uh, Unity. Okay. And now they're on GNOME 3, and they've got it themed in a way that it looks and behaves like Unity did. So in reality, there's still doing things the way they did. They're just not <laughs> inventing their own desktop anymore. And of course, the Unity project has forked off and uh, there are people who have uh, uh, continued Unity in its own right. And so Ubuntu now uses GNOME 3. And if you really want to go back to the 
golden days of Ubuntu with GNOME, you use Ubuntu Mate because it is essentially as Ubuntu was back in the original days when they were using GNOME 2. Yeah. Well, I've always wanted to say this phrase, Unity is dead, long live Unity. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, I don't know why. Anyway, so that's... That's I can actually see is probably a much better use of resources. I we had discussed this back and forth without you know beating this horse to death too. They just uh, they should have just you know not <laughs> done it. But I'm glad they did because you now we got like I said we've got Avantimate and those guys. I think we sound like fanboys again, but those guys really have their stuff together. So anyway, yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, I, I think they should have done it. They, they did a good job of it, quite frankly, and they learned a lot, which is really the thing that I think is the biggest benefit is they learned a lot about desktop environment and user interface and what people actually want. And, you know, you can make the argument that they never implemented some of the things that people actually wanted, but (laughs) Hey, at least they learned what folks, uh, found valuable and light yeah. and, and experimented in new ways, which I think is, is a good thing in its own right. So uh, good on them. And uh, yeah, good good luck with GNOME as you move forward. Well, Larry, I think that's kind of bringing us to the end of this show. I think we've covered a, a lot of the, the top uh, news stories. But to end yeah, this... At least I the want... things that were important to us, yeah. Yes, yeah. I want to take this moment to thank all the distributions for all their hard work all our listeners and everybody that's sent us feedback over the past year. You guys are great. We really appreciate you. And we hope wherever you are, that you have a great holiday season. I can't add anything better than that. Thanks to everybody who contributes to open source and free software and, uh, have a wonderful holiday period. And we'll be back in the new year. Yes, we will. So, Until then, what's our next episode, Larry? Our next episode will be listener feedback in January sometime. And until then, you can go to our website at goinglinux.com for articles and show notes, as well as links to download and to subscribe. We are the website for computer users who just want to use Linux to get things done. And if you'd like, you can participate directly with our friendly and helpful community members by joining the discussion in our Going Linux podcast Google Plus community. Until next time, thanks for listening. 73, happy holidays. Theme music provided by Mark Blasco at podcastthemes.com.